oh my gosh, I'm getting tons of work. I'm building um, a prison or a huge wall around me and I can't get out because if I stop working, I stop making money. And so I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. I mean, I got to a point where I just wanted to call it quits. And and a lot of you listening may have be at that point or have gone through that point or you will go through that point at, at a couple times. And you're like, this is just not worth it. And I was miserable. And I kept coming home and my wife was miserable because I was miserable, right? And she just told me, she goes, why don't you just close down the agency? And it really kind of hit me. I was like, well, what would I go do? Oh, you are going to love this episode of the Become a Media Maven podcast. That is because we are chatting with Jason Swank. And you're going to hear how Jason and I work together. We've been working together now for, I don't know how many months, maybe like six, seven, eight months or so. Um, And Jason and I speak a couple of times a month because he is my business coach. He has made me turn hate for my agency into love. And he's making me um, appreciate my work. And he's helping me grow bigger and better than ever. And that's exactly what he is going to help you with in today's episode. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Hi, Jason. Hey, Christina. How are you doing? I am good. I'm glad to have you on my podcast for a change. Usually we're chatting in our mastermind. Yes, I know. Which I kind of want to talk about our mastermind, but I want to talk about like how that came to be because I never thought that I would be in a mastermind just for agency owners because I honestly like up until a year ago, I really wasn't feeling my agency and I didn't want to grow it and I kind of wanted to get (laughs) out of it. And now I have like the opposite feeling. Um And you are helping me with all of that. But for people who don't know you yet, can you tell us a little bit about your story? And then I have more questions, I'm sure, after that. Yeah. So um, I grew up in, uh, in in Florida and I went to Florida State and I learned how to outsource. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was lucky enough that one of my friends looked like Justin Timberlake back in the late 90s, right when NSYNC was really popular. I was obsessed with NSYNC. Yeah, well, you would have loved my friend then. Um, And so he looked like Justin Timberlake. So I thought it would be funny. My first website I created was a website called InShit, making fun of InSync. And it literally had the four of us in like this band. And so we've created fake music, fake tour, everything. And the funny thing was it got popular. And so as it got popular, someone started asking me, people started asking me for websites because that was in 99, right? And at the time I was working for Arthur Anderson, the consult or the paper shredding company or the consulting firm that took down the world for a couple of years, right? And so I was an accidental agency owner. Well, for a couple of years, I was an accidental kind of freelancer, right? Like I would start charging $500 websites and you know, just building for hair salons, you know, marinas, restaurants, whoever, right? Like I was used to living off ramen noodles. So I was like, this is awesome. 
And then I started realizing going, oh my gosh, I'm getting tons of work. I'm building um, a prison or a huge wall around me and I can't get out because if I stop working, I stop making money. And so I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. I got to, can I hire people? Can I, can I create a web studio? That's what I was calling it back then because we weren't doing really any marketing other than creating websites. And just over the years, just kept growing more and more people. You know, we, like we were the one that created LegalZoom. We did everything for Lotus Cars in North America. You know, we, we had some huge clients, you know, toward the middle and toward the end, um, which was a, you know, a, a great, you know, honor to, you know, to work with those kind of brands and, and, and our, our team did amazing. And then, you know, 12 years later, someone uh, came along. There's always people trying to buy us, but someone finally said the right number and we're like at the right time. We're like, okay. And so we sold it. Okay. I have lots of questions. Um, (laughs) did you ever have like a real job with a boss? Um, so I've been fired from every single job I've ever owned (laughs) by I'm unemployable. So I worked at Wendy's for a day and was told I wasn't fast food material. I was fired from being a towel boy. Yes, that is a real job. I was fired from a tram driver. Like literally I've been fired from every single job. Arthur Anderson, uh, I was laid off, but I was about to be fired because here's the, the telltale sign. I told you I outsourced everything in college. Like I was a computer programmer, but I paid people to do my work. And so when I got to Arthur Anderson, I had no clue what I was doing. So I was about to be fired. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So how did you, you said you were getting tons of work and you were like, if I stop the work, the money stops. How um, did you get out of the mindset? Because for me, I know when I started building a team, it kind of happened accidentally I just needed help and I was working like crazy hours and same situation, but I was so scared to bring somebody on because I was like, this is my name. It's my business. It's my reputation. And it made me like really nervous at the beginning. So how did you get over that hump of outsourcing? And, um, I mean, I guess you did it in college, but I'm guessing after college, it was a little different because it wasn't a side hustle. It was like your business. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it was, and and I started thinking about like my, my sons always brag about how I was fired and, and I w- wanted to kind of think about it. Like I've never been a quitter, right? So I can never quit a job, but I had to make them fire me <laughs> in order to go do my own thing. And I think a lot of people might resonate with that. But when I got to that point where I was like, you know, if I stop working, I'm going to stop making money, but I wanted to kind of see where I could take it. Right. This was around 99. So this was the dot com era. If, um, if, if you remember that, like companies were s- getting sold for stupid amount of money. And so back then I was like, holy cow, like this is a huge opportunity. Let's, let's grow this sucker. And I knew I needed help. And so I knew I was pretty good at sales, um, back then. Cause I was literally, and I was literally going through the yellow pages and just calling people going, Hey, I don't see a website. You want a website? Like literally that's how easy it was. And so my first hire was a designer and I remember bringing them on. His name was Timmy and, and it was a lot of pressure on me cause I was like, Oh my God, you know, I'm not only responsible for me, which like I'll always survive, but now I'm responsible for someone else and their family. 
And then it got kind of real. And then I was like, all right, how can I, now that I got Timmy going, how can I get a project manager to actually deal with the clients? Cause I don't want to deal with the clients anymore. Like, I think, you know, that's always, um, a stressful thing to, you know, be the order taker and the salesperson. Like it's kind of like a doctor coming into the office. Right. And he's going, Hey, fill out these forms and what's your blood pressure? And then doing the exam, like doing everything. You'd be like, huh, why don't you hire people for that? So I wanted to look like a legit company. Okay. And then how did you like grow to the point where you were getting these huge clients? Well, everything big starts off small. And so it took time and it took focus. Um, I had to say, I had to find, and it goes back to, like I was doing everything for anybody, right? And so like literally my my target niche was like A and B in the yellow pages. <laughs> and I just go down, right? That was like, because I always tell people like, you have to have a niche or a target that you're going after so you know what to focus on. But I literally was like all over the place. And so I struggled. And when I started really kind of focusing and going, what do we do exceptionally well? What can we, how can we get people amazing results? And what do we love doing? What do we have a passion for doing? Then we were like, okay, well, we're really good at this user experience. And we're really good at the user experience for B2B companies. And so we just started narrowing it down. And then we started going, all right, at the time we started creating a bunch of software. So we were one of the first to create CMS systems and e-commerce stores and email marketing systems. Yeah, I, I just started focusing on who we did exceptionally well and, you know, like what made the perfect client. Like I always tell everybody, it's kind of like a Vegas buffet. You got to try out everything. And then through a process of elimination, you figure out what you don't like and what you're not good at. And I was like, well, we do this exceptionally well for these types of people. Let's go more after them. And so as we started doing that, then um, we were like, okay, well, how can we target these people? And back then, you know, um, Overture was really big, which was Yahoo Mark was bought by Yahoo Marketing and AdWords was just coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh, like people looking for, you know, if, if people are looking for certain things, I can actually come up. And so we jumped all over it and it just brought all our business. And then we just kept looking for other channels and we just did an amazing job. And then we started getting really focused. So we we're like, all right, who, you know, if we wanted to go after Lotus cars, could we call them up and pitch them something of saying, Hey, Lotus cars. Um, we noticed that there's a huge opportunity for you. And this, this, this is what we actually did. We were like, there's a huge opportunity that you might be missing. We noticed that you're talking about handling for your cars. But when we ran the data and we looked at all the stuff, people, when they think of handling for those types of cars, they think of Porsche. So you're actually helping out Porsche. And they're like, yeah, let, let, let's talk a little bit more. And then we could just, we got our foot in the door, helped them out, and just started pushing through. Okay, so then that's how you slowly grew over time. As you were doing this, how did you know what the heck to do? Because, like, 
I am grateful to have you and mm-hmm. <laughs> the agency mastermind. So how do how did you figure out what to do and how to do it, especially as you were getting to the point where people were offering you money for your agency? Yeah, I, it, tons of mistakes. I mean, that's why it took me so long. Right? And that's There's why no, I pay you. So it doesn't yeah. take me as long and I don't make all those mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just like I didn't even know what an invoice was when my first client said, send me an invoice. And everybody's like, well, you could have Googled it. I was like, well, Google wasn't around. <laughs> I mean, there was there was nothing out there. So it was just like, especially for digital agencies, we're just like making it up as we go. And I never waited for things to be perfect. I would just go do it. And then what I realized was, and I remember, this was maybe halfway through the agency, and this changed everything for me. I think we had about 10 people at the time and I got to a point where I just wanted to call it quits. And and a lot of you listening may have be at that point or have gone through that point or you will go through that point at, at a couple times. And you're like, this is just not worth it. And I was miserable and I kept coming home and my wife was miserable because I was miserable, right? And she just told me, she goes, why don't you just close down the agency? And it really kind of hit me. I was like, well, what would I go do? And she's like, well, you... And at the time, I used to race cars on the weekends, and NASCAR um, uh, had an opening for the CMO. And so I was like, oh, well, let, let's see if I can go after that and kind of you know do that. And then if I get it, I'll, I'll close down the agency. It's kind of, that was kind of my backup plan. And so as I started talking to them, they asked me two questions. And they asked me, go, what do you want to do every day, and what don't you never want to do every day again? And it was such a powerful questions. I went back, like I, I went to him, I said, I don't know. Like, so I went back and on a piece of paper, and I, this is an exercise I put in the playbook and I have all you guys do. And I take an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. I put my fist on that paper. I draw a circle around it, having that circle kind of, you know, small. And I, I wrote down everything I wanted to do in that circle. And then I started writing down everything I didn't want to do. And I think I probably wrote down everything I didn't want to do first on the outside of that circle. And then I go, okay, if I'm going to just do everything in the circle, the stuff outside of the circle still needs to be done. So these are the things I need to delegate. This is what I need to hire for. These are the systems I need to set up. And so that gave me complete clarity. And I also thought about going, all right, if I can do this, where do I want to go? Like, I mentioned back in the very beginning and we were talking like we're all accidental um, entrepreneurs. You know, we knew how to do something cool. Someone offered us money and we just started doing it, but we never had clarity. So we were always reacting to the market. And I always look at it as, you know, let's say you're on a boat from New York to London and your team is on this boat, but they have no clue where we're going. Only you do. And so after about 10 hours, you get tired and you have to go to sleep. But every time the boat changes course, your team wakes you up and you keep going up to the, you know, the, the wheelhouse and you make the course correction, go back down. You get woken up again like every two minutes. It's meaning because we didn't give the clarity to the other team members. And so you're trapped and you're in that prison. So I knew that was that was the first thing I had to figure out and gain that clarity of where we're going, where we wanted to become, why we wanted to do that, like. You know, and, and that even relates to today of like 
my why right now and our North Star is I wanted to create a resource I wish I had. And so all the stuff we do is centered around that. That makes sense? It makes sense. But there is a problem with people. I don't know if you had this problem. I know I had this problem. I know many people who follow me have this problem. And it is, well, I can't afford to hire somebody. And I mean, I've learned now that it's the opposite. You can't not afford to hire somebody. But how do you get over that hurdle of spending money to hire somebody? Well, the best investment is in yourself. Like we think, let's put all the money into the house and 401k and stocks. None of that you can control. I still think you should invest in that stuff. But you should invest in your business into you, something you can totally control. And in order to do that, and especially too, here's the thing that people say, I can't afford it. Well, you're not charging enough or you haven't got resourceful enough in order to figure out how could you bring this person on? Because yes, the person may drain your resources for a couple months and you may lose money for a couple months because of this. But in the long run, you will be making a ton of money and you'll have a lot more free time. Like I took off all summer. All I did was work with the mastermind clients and my one-on-one but I didn't create any new content. We just had systems for it. And we had a great team in order to execute on that. You can only do that if you have an amazing team and you have the right systems. And I, I remember I, I listened to something. It's called predictable success, if I can remember right. And they said there's different stages in your business. Think about when you start your business, Christina, right? Like you're getting clients, you're making money. It's fun. You're in this fun stage, right? But then as you get to the point where you're like, how can I bring on someone and you bring on some people or person or two, it starts getting complex and you enter in this stage called whitewater and you'll know you're in this whitewater stage. If you say, man, I wish I could just go back to when it was fun. And you have, and whenever that you say that, that should be a kind of a, and you can go back if you want and go back to the fun stage, but it, the business is all dependent on you and there's no right or wrong answer. But if you want to move through whitewater, you have to implement the right systems. And in order to do that, and then you can get to kind of what he calls predictable success. And it just resonated with me because I remember saying that many times to you know, my team. I'm like, man, why can't we just go back to when it was fun? And then I would be like, hmm. And then I remember us setting up certain systems or hiring the right people. And then we could get through it. And then we we're like, huh, like I could go to the racetrack. I don't have to come to the office. Like I realized I was the chief disruptor uh, and I would like screw everything up in the office. So they just wanted me out of it. And they just like, you just need to do these roles. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So mentally, how did you do that? Because I feel like in my business, I've done a pretty good job of stepping back and letting my team totally take over. But I still like throughout the day, I find myself like, maybe I should check my email one more time or maybe I should check in on this. And my project manager is like ridiculously amazing. Like I could go away and I know everything would be fine, but I still just feel like, well, let me check in. Well, let me make sure. So how do you get over that to where you can take a summer off? Well, it, you don't start taking the summer off before you take a week off and then two and three and, and, and build up to it. So, um, but I think it's just relinquishing control and having the the confidence in your team to be able to figure it out. And it's about 
setting yourself up into the right roles. You know, for agencies or service-based businesses or really any any CEO, and you need to kind of transform into the CEO. And those are a couple roles, right? So the biggest the biggest role that I felt that I had to fall into was setting the vision and communicating it to the team, right? All right, we're getting on this boat. This is where we're going. If you don't want to go there, get the heck off. And then making sure that we set the right core values. So I had the right people on the team that believed in what we did, right? Remember I talked about, you know, why do you do what you do, right? Simon Sinek has a great video on that. And it's about getting people that believe in something that you believe in. Because if they don't believe in it, get them off the boat. The next thing after that is I needed to coach and mentor just my leadership team. Now, if you don't have a leadership team and you have a PM and a salesperson, you're just coaching them, right? And you should never coach over four or five people. or And that should never be um, – you should never be managing more than four or five people because there's a lot of work that goes into it. The other thing is I realized I needed – and this you do this extremely well – is you need to be the face of the organization, right? Like I always brag about your Instagram, you know, channel and your videos and your podcast and all that because you're you're the face of the organization. Now a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm the face. Everybody's going to want me." I'm like, no, they want what you have, and then you just say, "My team does this a lot better than me." And then the two other things is assist sales. So you come in, add color. That's kind of what I would always tell people, like. I'm not doing the cold calling. I'm not like following up on them. I'm just coming in going, oh, yeah, we can help. You got any questions? <laughs> and then the, the last is understand the financials. Now, when you achieve these five roles, congratulations, you'll be completely depressed because you'll go, the business doesn't need me anymore, but the business needs you to do this. The business doesn't need you to do all the other stuff. And when you do that, that's when you have the freedom in order to take off. That's when you have the option to scale up and to do whatever you want. Because we, th- I find people uh, think too small. They don't think big enough. They just go, oh, I like, I want to climb that little um, iceberg. And you climb the little top, but you don't realize you could, you know, if you like scuba diving, you can go under it and the iceberg's huge. I love that. This kind of reminds me of clockwork, which as you know, I'm reading now. Mm-hmm. And it is very much like building a team and making them self-sufficient and empowered to do everything without coming back and asking you permission or having you make decisions. So I love it. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about, I mean, obviously, I know all of the answers. I'm in your mastermind. But not anybody can join the mastermind. It's not for freelancers. It is for people who have an agency model where they have people helping them execute stuff. So if people are interested, one, tell us a little bit about it. And two, if they are like on the cusp of adding a team um, or they just need, you know, that extra Jason Swank push to get them to do it. (laughs) What would, what would they need to do? Yeah. So on the mastermind, it is for, you know, people that have a team that want to grow that are at a place going, I want to, I want to know what's working and are at the mindset that it's an abundant world, right? Because we never want people in the mastermind that just come in and just want to take, right? We're, you're going to get so much, but we want people to give, you know, like, 
people are always asking questions and, and helping each other out. And I think that's just the coolest thing is like when people can help each other out and it's not, and I, and what I love about it too, it's not the Jason show, right? Like I'll add color, but I'll wait for other members to help out. And I just think it's an amazing group and, you know, and, uh, you know, we have amazing experiences, you know, we meet twice a year and, twice a uh, twice a month over zoom and, and just have a good time but if you're just starting out and you're not at that level of building the team and you want to know the systems you know i would tell people go to the website digest um you know one of the 500 videos we have on youtube or the 500 podcast interviews we do digest that content first and get to know us and if you like that then we might be able to help you out going forward but um you know, we try to give away as, as much as possible and, and then, you know, get you to the next level. Cause I remember how hard it was and how isolating it was. I mean, you can't go to your team and go, I have no clue what I'm doing guys. <laughs> like they'd be all jumping ship. No, that's true. And I, I love the group, like specifically the Facebook group because things will just pop up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And I just post in there and I get a bunch of responses. And then I feel like I always, I get a bunch of responses and then I'm like, okay, Jason, now what do you think? And then I tag you. <laughs> yeah, I wait. I, I wait till the end. Um, you know, because I always feel like if I go first, it just kills anybody else. They don't want to, they don't want to challenge me, but I always want people to, you know, disagree with me if they disagree. So yeah, no, it's really great. I love it. Um, but the, you know, the favorite thing I have in that, and, and you've led a session on this is like the what's working strategy. Like every month I have a member go over a strategy that they're crushing it on. Like I love, like we've been doing that for two years and I think that's probably one of the coolest things. That is pretty cool because everybody does something different. Like it's all under the marketing umbrella. But as we know oh. today, there are like a trillion different forms of marketing. So everybody has their own little thing. And like there are people niched in like the wildest things like, oh, I didn't realize you could be successful and be niched in that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like it's it's crazy. Like the, the niches, like we have one member that just goes after um, uh, sawmills. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, really? And it's a big business. I'm like, wow. Like it's just incredible. I, I love it. That's crazy. Okay. Um, and yes, you mentioned your podcast. That is very helpful. That's how I first found you. Um, Pat Flynn sent me the episode with you before it aired because he's like, you're an agency owner. You'll love this guy. And uh, then that's how I found out about you. And then I started listening to your podcast. And then I was like, okay, well, you sound like you'll make this agency thing I got going on a lot better. So <laughs> let's jump on that. So um, obviously I love it. Um, super duper helpful. Um, is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked before we say goodbye? No, you know, the, the thing is, is just remember like everybody's going to go through hard times. And, you know, the, the key thing is, is we all look at people for where you want to go and you try to emulate what they're doing. And I think, it's a mistake of emulating of what they're doing right now. I think if you can look at how they got there. So if you're a smaller agency or a smaller business and you're looking up to a bigger business and going, I need to go do that. I think that's a mistake. Look at how, how they got there and model that and build and see how you can build on that. I, I just see so many people just looking at the bigger agencies or bigger businesses and trying to copy what they're doing and you're competing with them on their 
their field. I kind of like to create my own field um, and make that like if you're uh, if you guys play golf, you're in Florida, so you have golf courses everywhere. Like rather than like hitting the ball into like a, a hole in golf, maybe like two inches, you know, w- width, make it three feet. <laughs> it's a lot easier. So, and also, if you try to emulate what somebody else is doing, you're only emulating what you see, not right. what is happening behind the scenes. So, really, you have no clue. Yeah, and, and you just look like everybody else. It's kind of like my example I used when um, you know I went after Lotus. Lotus was looking like Porsche, and they can't compete with Porsche. They need to compete with themselves. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. So where can people find out a little bit more about you, your podcast, all the things? Everything's on our website. Just go to jasonswank.com. Um, if you want links to both um, both shows, because we have two podcasts. Uh, one is like a, a video podcast and another is uh, the Smart Agency Masterclass. Here's the URL, swankit, swank.it, S-W-E-N-K dot it. <laughs> And I have a hat that says swank it. That's what you there get. You go. When you join the mastermind <laughs> and you go to the retreats, you get you get the swag, people. Uh, That's really why I joined, just for the swag. The, the hat. There you go. <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll need to up our game on the swag even more. <laughs> I love the swag. Thank you, Jason. This has been amazing. Thanks for always you know, showing up and doing what you do. For more about Jason and his mastermind, make sure you check out our show notes. Um, And don't forget to listen to his podcast, The Smart Agency Masterclass. Um, His episodes are super short and sweet, about 20 minutes. Um, And he's got some great guests, yours truly included, coming up. Um, But yeah, check out jasonswank.com or swank.it. Um, and again, his podcast is the Smart Agency Masterclass. You can find it in most places where you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you again next week. <laughs>